We'll begin reading God's word in verse 1. The Lord Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to, pre- to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may, also, there you may be also. And where I go, you know... And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where, you're, where you are going, and how, we, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to, to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you do not, and yet you have not known me? Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little longer, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you will also you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. 
If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he is nothing, and he has nothing in me. But what the world may know, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. So far, reading of God's word. Our text is found in the verses 12 through 17. So let's just look at those words again. Verse 12, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So far, our text for this afternoon. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle John tells us about a conversation the Lord Jesus had with his disciples shortly before he will be put to death on the cross. Earlier in chapter 13, verse 33, the Lord said to them, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. Where I am going, you cannot come. In those words, the Lord Jesus is already looking beyond his death and looking beyond what's going to happen after his resurrection. He will be ascending into heaven after his work here on this earth is completed and finished. But the disciples at this time really have not understood that the Lord Jesus is going to die soon. And now the Lord Jesus is telling them that he will be leaving them and where he is going, they cannot come. Well, you know, that's a difficult message for the disciples. For the disciples are completely dependent upon the Lord and Jesus for everything. Remember when the Lord Jesus finally dies and is nailed to the cross, the disciples are just devastated. All their hopes were shattered at the death of the Lord Jesus. And then when three days later the Lord Jesus rose up from the dead in the resurrection, suddenly all their hopes are revived and they rejoice. Only to have the Lord Jesus depart from them again some 40 days later when he ascended into heaven. And then the question is, so how are they going to manage without the Lord Jesus present in their lives? Imagine, how are, we going to, how, how are we going to continue if the Lord Jesus isn't with us? 
And yet, just before the Lord Jesus goes into, ascends into heaven, he gives them the great commission in Matthew chapter 28, when he says to them, he says, go out and make disciples of all nations. And here they are, 12 lonely men. In fact, there were only 11 at that time. Earthly, from a human perspective, they were not highly educated. And here are the, these 12 men, they, uh, they are to face the whole world. How will they be able to do all that the Lord Jesus calls them to do without the Lord Jesus himself being with them? And again, the simple answer is they cannot do it without the Lord Jesus. That is simply an impossibility. They're that dependent upon the Lord. And yet what does the Lord do? The Lord gives, his, gives them this comfort. He says, I will not leave you like orphans in this world. But I will ask the Father in heaven and that he may send you the Holy Spirit. Jesus also says to his disciples, I will be powerfully present with you and I will be present through the power of my Spirit. In fact, it is through the power of my Spirit that, that you will be able to, to do even greater things than that which you saw me doing. Now, that you could say is an amazing promise that the Lord Jesus gives his disciples. And it is an amazing promise that he doesn't only give to the disciples, but he also gives to us today as his church that we will be able to see more amazing things than anything the Lord Jesus has ever done when he was here on this earth. And so Christ does not just give his spirit to his disciples. You know that on the day of Pentecost, the, the spirit would be poured on, on the, the whole church, on all the members of the church there in Jerusalem. And so the Lord Jesus makes it very clear also there on the day of Pentecost that he will never leave us alone here in this world, that he sends upon us as his church, his spirit. And that without the spirit, we are unable to stand against the evil powers of this world around us. But it is through the power of the spirit that the church can take on the world. And we can take on the world, beloved. Because the Lord Jesus has indeed, he has won the great victory. And so this afternoon, we'll listen to God's word under this theme. The Lord Jesus Christ does not leave us alone in this world, but he, he, gives, to us, but he gives to his church his Holy Spirit. So our theme, Christ does not leave us alone, but he gives his church his Holy Spirit. And therefore, we'll see two things. For that reason, first of all, the church has power to do, all, to do great things. And secondly, the church is guided in all the truth. Jesus told his disciples in verse 6 of this chapter that no one comes to the Father except through me. And then he asks Philip, he says, Philip, don't you know me? Even after I have been among you for such a long time. Jesus says to his disciples, you have been with me already for a long time. And of course, a long time here would be a matter of probably two and a half to, to three years in that, that time frame. But even though they have been with the Lord Jesus for those uh, two plus years, uh, then they have traveled with him wherever he went throughout Israel, yet they're still struggling, struggling to know who this Jesus really is. They really will, uh, and they really will not understand everything until after the Lord Jesus dies and when he is raised up from the dead. Only then 
Will they fully understand and realize that Christ's mission, Christ's mission here on this earth, only then will they understand the love of the Father in heaven who has sent him to be the Savior of the world. But yet, even before even all that happens, Jesus gives to his disciples this incredible promise in verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these. Jesus says very truly, literally, he says, Amen, Amen, this double Amen is how the Lord Jesus Christ not only draws attention to uh, what is important, but the double Amen is also his assurance to his disciples that this is what God will do and this is what I will do for you. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, but this promise, beloved, is a promise that Jesus says he will give to whoever believes. In other words, this is a promise that Christ gives to all of his people, that is, to his church. And basically what he says here, he says, without faith you can do nothing, but with faith you can do all things. Well, think of the life of the Lord Jesus at this time. But Lord Jesus Christ has been doing great things. One of the first miracles he did, according to the gospel, uh, to what John writes in his gospel, is that Jesus changed the water into wine at the wedding feast in Cana. Jesus was able to still, was able to still the storm on the Sea of Galilee with one word of rebuke. Jesus healed many of the sick. He raised up even some people who had died. And then when you turn to the book of Acts, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there you read about the apostles who at times were able to heal the sick and, and who were able to do great miracles. But listen to what Jesus says here. Jesus says, you will do even greater things than these. And you ask yourself, so, so what is greater than healing the sick, than raising the dead to life? What is greater than, what is greater is this, it is the miracle of conversion. For conversion is bringing to life that which is spiritually dead. And therefore, whenever we see a person being converted to the faith, this is indeed, you can say, a spiritual resurrection that is only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of God. What does it mean to live by faith? Faith, beloved, goes against everything that our corrupt heart clings to. You know, when you listen to your sinful heart, your sinful heart will tell you that you can do whatever you want to do. Your sinful heart tells you it's crazy to sacrifice the things in your life that, re that you really enjoy, that's really important to you, in order that you may instead do the will of God. So faith is the power by, by, which, by which the Lord then also helps us to fight against the sinful desires that lives within me. Because it's through faith that I know that the evil desires of my heart is a lie and that my heart is constantly deceiving me. And I know it's a lie and I know I'm being deceived even by, own, by, by my own heart. Why? Because I now have the truth in Christ Jesus. And so the Lord Jesus says in chapter 12, verse 32, that, I, that when I am lifted up from the earth, he's referring then to his crucifixion on the cross, I will draw all people to myself. 
Beloved, the greatest miracle ever, you can say, is that Christ will draw many people to himself when after he's lifted up on the cross. You may ask yourself, you may even begin to wonder, why? Why would anyone be drawn to a man who's lifted up on a cross? A man whom the world describes and looks to as a great criminal. Well, beloved, it is because of faith. It is through faith that I now begin to understand that my Lord Jesus was lifted up on the cross that he might die for my sins. He might die for my life. And so Christ gives his disciples and he gives his church the commission to go and to bring that gospel message to all the nations of the earth. Yes, the Lord Jesus calls 12 weak men to do a great work here in all the earth. Jesus says, you think that I am doing a great work in your presence? Well, just wait. Wait till I leave you. And then you will do even greater works, even greater works than these. And Jesus says, and you'll be able to do those great works. Why? Because I am going to the Father. The Lord Jesus is saying here, I need to go to heaven because it is there from heaven that I will direct the great work of God's kingdom here on this earth. I am going to my heavenly Father and there I'm not only going to go to prepare a place for you as he says that at the beginning of this chapter, but that he may also go that he might send his disciples, he might send us his Holy Spirit. Well, beloved, this is a reality. The reality is that neither the disciples nor we as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ are able to spread the gospel and turn many to Christ in our own power. That is only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that the Lord comes and he awakens the hearts of those who are spiritually dead. And so the point the Lord Jesus makes to the disciples and he makes to us is as a church, beloved, we are not defenseless in this dark and corrupt world. For the living Savior, he is always there on our side. He says in verse 13, he says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Here's a great promise promise when Christ says that our prayers will never ever go unanswered. When you ask anything in my name, he says, I will, I will do it. Now, of course, as you read these words, it, it raises the question, doesn't it? Does the Lord now just give us carte blanche to ask whatever my heart desires? That if I ask the Lord for healing, if I have enough faith, as some Christians would, would argue, that he will then heal me from my sicknesses? That if I have enough faith and I ask the Lord for riches, that he will make me wealthy? Well, I think we can all attest from our own experiences that the Lord does not give us everything that we ask from him, no matter how much we beseech, no matter how hard we might pray for some of those things. So what does the Lord Jesus mean when he says this? Notice what he says. He says that he will give whatever we ask. 
qualifying statement, so that the Father may be glorified in His Son. That the Father may be glorified in His Son. A few chapters later, in chapter 17, there you have uh, uh, the prayer of our Lord Jesus for His disciples and for His church. And there you have an example of how the Lord prays to His Father. And He prays, Father, Father, glorify Your Son, that Your Son may glorify You. For you granted him, referring to himself, who granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given to him. You notice what the, what the central concern here is for the Lord Jesus in this prayer? And, and it teaches us about what should be the central concern for us in, in our prayers. The central concern of the Lord Jesus was the glory of his Father in heaven. That means, beloved, that also in our prayers, our concern is not about ourselves, about our own needs, about our own wants, about the things that we think is necessary. But we ask the Lord for the things that will glorify His name. And how? How is the Father glorified? Well, Jesus says He's glorified when people from all nations are drawn by faith to the Lord Jesus, and the Lord grants to them eternal life. Yes, grants eternal life to all those whom he says the Father has given to me. Beloved, here, this is, here is a wonderful encouragement that Christ gives us. Christ says, I must go to the Father in heaven because from heaven I will give you everything that you need so that you will do greater things than that which I have done when I was among you. And so the point here is not that we become greater than Christ, but that Christ will do greater things through us, as His people, through us, as His church. And the evidence of that power became clear on the day of Pentecost. On that day, the Spirit was poured out on a small gathering of believers in Jerusalem. And then through the power of the Spirit, they witnessed to the Lord Jesus and the result is that the hearts of the many were opened and 3,000 souls were added to the church on that one day. And souls continued to be added the days after. What happened on Pentecost was a huge, was a great miracle. You cannot explain what happened on Pentecost by saying, you know, there were these 12 men, these 12 disciples who gave such an overwhelming testimony. That's all these people, they were all moved to believe. That wasn't the case. Remember, there were many there in the crowd who mocked them and who said, these men, they're filled with wine. These men, they're drunk. But there were also others. Others who through the power of the Spirit were convicted of the truth and who repented of their sins, repented of what they had done to Christ on the cross. You beloved, when the Lord brings new members to the church, who confess Christ to be their Savior. And I might add here that this is a sermon that, that I originally preached at the occasion of a woman who had a profession of faith and who came to, to acknowledge Christ. A woman who also requested that I preach on this particular text because she was convicted that the Holy Spirit was also the one who had changed her and the Holy Spirit was the one who was with her. And so when, when we then also witness the Lord bringing new members to the church, then we also see in that a great miracle of the Lord God at work 
in the lives of the people whom he is gathering. When the Lord renews our heart, that's not our work. We do not take any honor. We don't take any glory in, in what we have done for God. But we praise the Lord who has come and who has made us into a new creation and has done that through the power of His Spirit. When we pray to the Lord for His Spirit, the Lord Jesus says that He will never ever deny the Spirit to you. When you ask the Lord for His Spirit, also over the congregation, beloved, as a prayer that the Lord God will always answer. And if you ask the Lord for the Spirit and witnessing into your community, He will never deny you His Spirit. He will not deny us the Spirit when we truly seek that from Him. No, Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and the Father will give you another advocate, another helper who is the Spirit of truth. It is through the Spirit that the Lord God will guide us into all the truth. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and says in verse 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. More, more literally, he's actually saying, you will keep my commands. Earlier, the Lord Jesus said in chapter 13, 34, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone may know that you are my, my disciples if you love one another. Well, remember, back in chapter 13, uh, Jesus showed uh, to his disciples what, love, what that love is when he, just before that, had washed their, their feet. Remember the disciples, they refused to wash each other's feet. The Lord Jesus uh, then reprimands them and he gets down and he begins to wash the feet of all of his disciples. And the Lord Jesus reveals that true love reveals itself in humble service to God and humble service to our fellow human beings. And so Christ says in our text, he says, if you love me, you will and also love one another. And beloved, that you can say is simply the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Our love is not something that we do, that we give, in order that we might earn something. Love is always the result of the Spirit at work in your heart. And so the promise that the Lord gives to all those who call on Him in love is that he will go and he'll ask the Father, and the Father will give you another advocate or another helper. So just before the Lord Jesus goes to heaven, he promises his disciples that he will ask the Father to send another advocate to us. So Jesus speaks about another advocate, that would be the translation of the NIV, uh, the New King James has a helper. But when he says, I will send you another one, uh, then, he, then he, that means that he sees himself as an advocate or as a helper. And so that word advocate or helper can also be translated, has also been translated with words such as comforter or counselor or mediator. And so Jesus says, as, as he was with his disciples, guiding them in the truth and in helping them in whatever way they had need, he says, 
that he will then, when he leaves them, I will send you the Spirit, and the Spirit will always be with you, and he will lead you, and he will always guide you in the way of the truth. In other words, you don't need to worry about the future. You will not need to face the world in your own power. You will not need to do it alone. The Spirit will always be there with you. Now, of course, then the question comes, so, so how do you know that the Holy Spirit is, 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 with, is indeed with you? Well, you know, at Pentecost, the Spirit came on the believers, and He came with a mighty wind and with tongues of fire that came and rested on each one of the believers. It only happened once. It never happened again. And yet we read on other occasions in the New Testament that people receive the Holy Spirit. And we will often speak about receiving the Holy Spirit, but the question is how? How do you know that? Does the Spirit give, perhaps give us an outward sign? A couple weeks ago, I spoke with somebody when I was in British Columbia. He spoke to me about his family, about his parents, who really had no, no assurance of their own salvation. We were still seeking for a sign that indeed they were saved. They despaired. His parents despaired because they're not sure if they have the Spirit or not. Because they would argue we haven't received some sign from the Spirit. So how do you know whether you have the Holy Spirit or not? Well, Jesus helps us to understand this in verse 17. He says, the world cannot accept, they cannot, and he referred to the Holy Spirit, the world cannot accept the Holy Spirit because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So notice, first of all, what the Lord Jesus says here. He says there's going to be this dividing wall between the people of this world, the unbelievers, and, the, and you as Christian believers. And that division in the world will be determined, how? It will be determined by the Holy Spirit. Those who belong to the world cannot, cannot accept the Spirit because they cannot see Him and they do not know Him. Why? Because their hearts and their minds are closed to the knowledge of the Spirit. But as God's people, we know the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit lives in us and He lives with us. Beloved, without the Holy Spirit, you would not be able to distinguish between the truth and the lie in your life. Right? The world, the people of the world are those who live in darkness. Why? Because they follow the evil one. Jesus said to those people in Israel who had rejected him, he says, you know what? You follow your father, the devil, for he is the father of lies. The devil, he is the great deceiver. And the world, the people of the world, they believe his lies to be gospel truth. That's why those who belong to the world, well, they cannot discern the truth because they have been indoctrinated, indoctrinated in the powers of darkness, something that you see being very prevalent today is people are being indoctrinated indeed in the, the wickedness and evil thoughts of society. And therefore, the Lord Jesus says, therefore, you know that you have the Spirit when the Spirit comes and He opens your eyes that you may discern the truth of the gospel. When the Spirit comes and He opens your eyes, beloved, then suddenly a whole new vista opens up before you. 
And sometimes if we've been Christian already from the time of our youth, we don't always recognize the wonderful vista that stands before us is but the gospel. But we're reminded of that when people come new to, to, the, to the faith, suddenly they see their whole lives being changed in, in ways they could never have imagined. It's a testimony to us also of how the Spirit is, is at work in the lives of people, also in the life of the church. And when the Spirit opens our eyes, and then what we see is we begin to see the mighty works of God throughout the history of His people, already from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. We see God's mighty work as, as He's busy working out the salvation of His people Israel in the Old Testament. And through the eyes of faith, through the power of the Spirit, we recognize the Lord Jesus as the very Son of God who comes as the fulfillment of all of those promises of God given long ago. And it's through the power of the Spirit that we then also recognize the Lord Jesus given His life on the cross for my life. Right, beloved? The Spirit opened your eyes to see the crucified Lord risen from the dead. Through the eyes of faith given by the Spirit, you now see your Lord there seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. But not only do you see Him there in, in, in heaven through the eyes of faith, but you also experience Him working today here on this earth. You experience Him working in your own heart, in your own life as He changes you. And as he works in the hearts and the lives of the members of the congregation, and we see the fruits of faith among the people of God. And yet so often, isn't it the case? That we still, we still want to see the great miracles of Christ. We want to see the miracles of the Lord Jesus healing the sick. We want to see him doing great miracles that he performed here on this earth when he, he calmed the sea. Jesus says, says, you will do even greater things than, the, than, than, than these. Christ teaches us that the greatest work of the Spirit is that He opens the hearts of people who are spiritually dead. Beloved, we need to understand indeed what we're witnessing in our life, in our own lives, and let the congregation is a miracle of God that is greater than anything Christ did when He was here on this earth, as He Himself testifies. The fact that Christ is able to raise up the dead to life. Yes, as great a work as it is, but it shows to us that the Lord Jesus can do even greater things, that He can raise those who are spiritually dead, He can raise them to life, and that He does so even today. So where? Where do you see the Spirit at work here in this world? Beloved, you see the power of the Spirit at work in this church. Because here in the church, he raises up a, a new people. People who love the Lord Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. Remember Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Right? The power of the Spirit becomes clear when we truly love the Lord Jesus. And in that love, we desire to keep the commands of Christ. And what is that command of Christ? Jesus says, it is to love him, is to love me, and to love one another. Here you, here you find the dividing wall between the world and Christian believers. The world rejects Christ and hates him, and those who receive the Spirit love the Lord Jesus and worship him. Oh yes, the Lord Jesus today is in heaven. Beloved, although the Lord Jesus is in heaven, yet he's never far away from any one of us. Because His Spirit 
His Spirit dwells in your life, dwells in you. Jesus says that as our advocate or helper, the Spirit will be there to assist us. And we experience that in so many ways. Jesus says to his disciples that the Spirit will help them to remember the things that Christ taught them so that they can speak the truth to others. And what a blessing that has been so that today we have the New Testament Scriptures as the very Word of God so that we hear the words of our Lord. And then we see that after Pentecost, he gave the disciples the courage, the courage to boldly proclaim the truth in the face of great hostility. And you see how the early Christian church in the book of Acts flourished in the face of persecution. And today, we see it in our own lives when the Spirit turns our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. So often I hear the testimony of God's people It was to testify that they have felt the nearness of the Spirit as they were confronted with difficulties in their lives. They felt the nearness of the Spirit in the time when they had to face sickness and death. They experienced the power of the Spirit when they were encouraged to be able to witness to the Lord Jesus Christ in difficult situations. They witnessed to the power of the Spirit when they speak about how they felt comforted In times that they felt lonely and they realized the Lord Jesus is with us. You see, beloved, what the Spirit does in all those situations is He directs our attention again to the Lord Jesus who is in heaven. The Spirit, what does He do? He exposes the lie that that we can find our help here in in this world and the things of this world and the material things of of this earth. And instead, he helps us to look to, to, up to the Lord Jesus, who is my Lord, my Savior, there in heaven. And you know, as believers, beloved, life isn't always easy, is it? Hardships can lead to times of anxiety and times that we worry. It's not like we have the Spirit and now everything is perfect in our lives and there are no troubles. And yet, through the midst of the troubles and the hardships that we face in our lives, it is through the power of the Spirit that a a peace begins to settle over our hearts. Oh, the struggle is not yet over. But yet, in the midst of the struggle, the Spirit comes and He directs your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. The Spirit reminds us and He teaches us that we do not need to cling anymore to the things of this world. But he helps us to see our Lord Jesus is watching over us from on high. And there I know that my Savior is preparing for me a new, a new a place in my Father's house. And the Lord Jesus, he gives us this promise. He says, the Spirit will be with you forever. And while this can in, forever can mean eternity, the point the Lord Jesus wants to, wants, to do, wants to make here is He wants to assure us that the Spirit will be with us throughout this life. The Spirit will be with us to the very end of our days here on this earth. There may be days. Days when you struggle with your faith. There may be dark days when you feel alone. There are going to be difficult times when you may feel frustrated and you might even feel despair. But beloved, remember you have this promise. Jesus says, my spirit I give to you and he will be with you forever. 
And the Lord also makes very clear, beloved, the Lord will not withdraw His Spirit from those to whom He has given His Spirit. It is through the power of His Holy Spirit that the Lord pulls us through those dark moments in our life. Through those dark moments, the Lord reminds us that we are not able to face the troubles of this life in our own strength, and you don't need to. When you try to face those troubles without trust in the Lord, the result is you will fall into a hopeless despair because you don't know where to turn for your help anymore. No, the Spirit comes and He reminds us you cannot survive this life here in your own strength. Go. Direct your heart to your Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. So, beloved, it is through the Spirit that you and I, that we are assured that our life is safe. Our life is secure now and forevermore. What a wonderful blessing to experience the power of the Spirit at work in us. As He encourages us, as He comforts us, and He directs our hearts always to our Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Amen.